Hello? Hello? I've got you now. Hiya. I've got you. So, how, how are you today? today? Oh, ah, Echo. Is it echoing? No, are you hearing an echo? Just you. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Hello, hi, welcome, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night to everybody listening. How are you all doing? We're back again, another episode of Mouse of the Clyde, and again we're doing it late because we were stuck watching committee all day long, but this time it was First Minister Nicola Sturgeon, so we're going to talk about all that today. Rishi Sunak on the budget today, and we watched that as well, two things going on at one time. Um, so we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about other silly news that we've got, so we've got a lot on today from Midweeker, but we'll start off with our usual silliness to get us into it, and I've got a silly story, are you ready for it? What have you got? A restaurant in New York has had to keep capacity down due to Covid restrictions, and so what they've done is borrowed the wax models from the Madame Tussauds nearby and filled their restaurant up with wax versions of celebrities. So you can sit at a table with like Audrey Hepburn and have a cocktail or stand at the bar with John Ham and have a smoke. What do you think about that? That would be pretty awesome. I, I wonder if they're like dull tables, like like tables that people wouldn't want to sit at and that's where they put the, the sort of crappy ones in the heat and that stuff, was, don't they melt? Uh, they've got to be spaced out and stuff like that, but I thought that was kind no. of weird. I just saw the Audrey Hepburn one. and as when you say they got him they got to you know, keep their space in that and I, the first thing in my head was oh yeah that's social distancing distancing that but no they're they're models it is, it's, well, aye, but who would you like to uh, have a, a wax melt over at your table so you were out for a wee lunch or on a date or something who would you like to sit with the Pope John the Paul II pope. pope yeah why 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 not because I would want like because I always see that spitting image one with the sunglasses and stuff. And who's going to be like, instantly recognisable? They'd be like, oh, there's Will talking to the Pope. And I'll be like, yeah. Me and JP too. Or the new one that I forgot his name. Just out having a chill. He likes Doctor Who also. What we're talking about. That'd be it. All right. What about yourself? Um, we Mike Pence. Ask him why he's not got a spine. What happened there? Yeah. Also, New Pope likes pizza. I forgot about that. He's a big pizza fan. Oh, he likes peasant food, as he says, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I have another weird story. I have some you too. You talk, though, and I'll come, I'll come across what it was again. I forget this. Oh, I, what that? I found was the, um, you know, the game, the Minecraft game. Yeah, I've never played it. Oh. Are you still listening to me? I'm still listening to this Minecraft game. Minecraft game that children play. Um, they have recreated the Cairngorms National Park in Minecraft so that children can learn how to uh, take care of a national park and like all about it and stuff. I guess they kind of go to the fucking thing, so now they can in, Min- in Minecraft. Have you ever tried to play Minecraft? Um, I did, yeah. I played it on Bryce's PlayStation, but uh, it kind of confused me a wee bit, so I stopped. Same here. Well, I've played video games my whole life, and I tried to play Minecraft, and was confused as fuck, and didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. And then I see, like, 
some eight-year-old and he's like, well, I built the Sistine Chapel and I was like, I, I didn't know how to look up in the sky. Mm. Were you going to say you had a weird news thing? I do have a weird news thing. Do you have the Amazon app on your phone? Yeah. So there have been complaints about that Amazon app because if you remember they've changed the logo and it's a wee brown box well, it smile, like Hitler. and it looked like Hitler. People's yeah. been complaining about the app looking like the Nazi dictator. So they've changed it. They've gave it more of a flat and they've they've done it so the tape's ripping a wee bit so it doesn't look like the Fuhrer, which is probably a good idea. People are getting offended by boxes, by pictures yeah. of boxes. You know what else happened today that was weird? Did you see the the man, the man named Colin that was um he was taking part over Zoom in a committee with the, the government in Ireland at Stormont? I did not. What did Colin do? His name is Colin Pigeon. He was in the middle of, on the Zoom thing to the committee and his cat came in from outside and had caught a pigeon. So Colin Pigeon caught a pigeon in the middle of the Zoom with Stormont Parliament um, and had to get up and excuse himself to set it free again. He's going, that's, you can't write that sort of thing with pigeon no. catching pigeons. It's, it's too much. Yeah. Have you ever had a pigeon or anything like that in your house? No, I used to have um, a, what do you call it, like a wee budgie thing, a wee sort of yellow something. It was after the Pocahontas movie came out, and I called it Flip, because that was the bird called in there. But my brother was allergic to it, so I had to get rid yeah. of it. I had a budgie called Buster when I was a wee boy. But I, I can't remember what happened to it. I think Carol probably killed it. There's a good chance of it. Um, there was something in music news that I wanted to talk to you about, because the Kings of Leon are bringing out a new album, um, and they're going to be the first band or something, the first band uh, f- f- release a new album is called When You See Yourself in the form of a non-fungible token I think that's it's pronounced, it's called NFT um, and it's a I've had a Wikipedia, I do not know what that is it sounds like a mushroom to me, a non-fungible token, it's a type of cryptographic token which represents something unique um, they're not mutually interchangeable like Bitcoin um, So, I mean I don't know how you come across one or what you do but the Kings of Leon are apparently going to be the first band to release an album as one of these tokens so that's apparently interesting. There you go. Do you think that's the same sort of the same sort of thing when they're like, we're going to release it on black wax? Think about it, vinyl, and you put it on, and it makes noise, and now we're releasing it in fungible tokens. And I don't really know what it is. It's I have no idea. And I feel a bit bad sometimes because I can like see there's things going on in in the realm of sports and football. I can see that today Glasgow Rangers and Chris Boyd's name is trending on Twitter, but we don't know anything about sports, so we should apologise about that. But we have seen there's a podcast locally um, that does it, so you can um, go on here. There's somebody called Michael Frizzle that's remember Clyde from Greenock, and he does a podcast on about sports. I'm sorry we're not the ones for you, but there's something going on. You can look on Twitter, I'm sure, and find out why. Oh, uh, Bryce is telling me why. It's saying Rangers are 1 0 playing Livingston. Is it finished or it's finished? Aye, so they won against Livingston, that's why. All right. Um, also, other sports news that Bobby mm. Lashley is the fifth black world champion in WWE. So, congratulations to the Dominator. You know what? Him, though, everything that he does, he dominates it. He does. It's pure domination. Do you like that? I, I, I did. I do. I was always a fan of Bobby Lashley. 
It kind of upsets me though that that song has been taken because if I was going to wrestle, I think I would quite like to use that one. Maybe I could reuse it. You could reuse it. All right, we've got we've got a comment. Do we? Yep. Let go up. Aye. The realm of sports, definitely. 55 coming home. What's that mean? Is that a sports thing? Uh, I, I think that's... I think that's a sports thing. Okay, I'm sorry. We don't understand sports. If you want to be your sports correspondent, though, and expand what's, explain what's actually going on, that man that put that there, is this, a sport, is this him again? Don't let me try. Do you want to hit it this time? Well, you go for it. If you guys were wrestlers, what do you think your nicknames would be? Oh, it's not like I've totally not thought about this for since I've been a wee boy. I've been I told det- several ones from you. What would be? What would your one be? I'm always loving Bad News Brown. And that's not creative for you. That's not creative. That's but like a John Cena effort. I know. See, I just like the Brown because I always had my my brown bombs in my. Brown looking runners in just put brown in front of anything that usually sounds pretty good. Right, what I'm doing just now is I don't know one. Um I'm on the name generatorfun.com slash wrestler. Um and they've given me the name Gilda Hole Punch Canyon. You're a singles heavyweight from Florida. You're a heel known for cutting the best promos. Your finishing move is a kung fu drop. Gilda Hole Punch Canyon. That sounds pretty good also. So that's what I'll be. That's what I'll take. Do you know what I'm into just now though? I've, I've got all my wee um, fidget toys out. I love fidget toys. I've got like a wee rubber thing that's like, um, do you hear it popping? Is that the weird, like, it's like reusable bubble wrap? Right, so it's supposed to be like reusable bubble wrap, but it's just like a sort of wee um, plastic or, or rubber like thing. And you get them in different shapes. You know, I think it's quite trendy with the children. Um, but I came across it when I was buying vape liquid and I saw my cousins had one and I wanted them. So I've got this new, so I've got that. And then I've got hundreds of wee circles that are magnetic and they stick together, so I sit and play with them. I love wee fidget toys and I love squeezing right. things. Like, it's like a, I kind of have stress toys anymore. Like I used to get the like squeezy stress toys and I would just cut them open to see what the thing was inside it. So I, I, I can't have that. You bust that banana before, if you remember, when you had the, um, got this, the squeezy poop. Yeah. Um, do you have any other silly news before we go into local news? I do. That I've been seeing lately, and I heard about it. You sent me one, and I looked into it. That French fancies are no longer called French fancies. Is this real? Because I've seen some people debunking this and saying that that was actually like packaging for the Olympics, like in twenty twelve or something, and like outraged people are just putting that online news if it's happening because of Brexit. So I don't I'm know if that's a real thing, but maybe it's not a real thing. So. We need to come back to you on that one to look into it. But we have seen, though, we can verify that they've changed Brussels sprouts called British sprouts now. I've actually seen that. I've seen that today in Tesco. And I can't pronounce that. Is it peas poios? Petit poios? Petit poios? Petit poios. Is now British fancy peas, oh. which sounds... Sorry, continue. I'm, I'm listening. It's just one of our contributors has sent us in a a WWE storyline generator, so I'm going to go in here and generate a storyline for us to while you speak. <laughs> Alright, so the other thing is, with that, which I seen was, they're now a box, it looks like an airport box that is the great British haggis. 
He's like, the traditional haggis from Great Britain with great British ingredients. And I was like, I, I don't know anyone like outside of Scotland that would eat a haggis. And the other one is ice cubes made with British water that is in co-op. What the fuck? Great British water. Uh, yeah, so, I, I don't know why this is all happening. So how are you generating? All right, okay, I my generator. Um, my first uh, storyline generator is Daniel Bryan headbutts himself and wins the World Heavyweight Championship. I wouldn't put it past them to put that on television. I think that's actually happened. <gasps> this is a great one. R-Truth catches Vince fingering Sable for the fans. Again, I can see it. Not, not now, in the 90s, but... Don't be saying stuff about Sable. That's Brock Lesnar's missus, and he he doesn't take those things very well. Mm. I've got a Bobby Lashley theme one since since he's um, talking about conversations today and more sports news. Yeah. Fandango gets erection while wrestling Bobby Lashley's sisters and gets a travel agent gimmick, which would be fucking excellent for Fandango's career. Oh, I forgot the person that asked. I'd be an evil architect called Bill Ding. Building, excellent. Oh, I can't even read this one out. Oh. Also, I would like to say that today on Mouse of the Clyde, this is National Bobby Lashley Day. Oh, what about this one? Curtis Axel starts a gay tag team with Bailey in front of his wife and kids. That's Mr. Perfect's son. It's, it's just everything bad happens to that poor man. Ricochet switches gimmick with Charlotte, but Vince orchestrated everything. Is this just mm. random? Like this, I it think does random verbs together. Vince is is lost in it these days. Like it's just getting worse and worse. To be honest, most people are watching AEW or watching Japan. Which, oh, what about this one? Becky Lynch hurled ra- racial abuse at Finn Balor's penis, and Reddit loved it. That's. You will both be on Squared Circle. That's the sort of stuff that shows up on Squared Circle. Broken Matt Hardy enslaves Donald Trump but is caught by the cops. That's, again, well, see, this I've one got one from one of our... Kenny, Kenny Omega slaps the ass of Dana Brooke to get a title shot. Oh, dear. <laughs> I see so many of these uh-huh. I can actually see on television. <laughs> Dear, dear, dear. Should we start on some actual news or are we getting further? Okay, I, I've just got a, a list of terrible wrestling names put through. Right, do a few of them and then we'll move on and do some actual news on this news programme. Okay, we've got Noontown, Luke Wilcock, Buster Norberg, Powercat Jeff Winslow. The human, the human thermometer, Pat Joplin, like hand job Dave Henderson, <laughs> long haul. I was talking to um, Lenny Bruce. We were talking to Bryce earlier on, and he was saying that if he was a wrestler, he would have his entrance music be "Midnight Shadow" by Mike Oldfield. What's it called? Moonlight Shadow, not Midnight Shadow. Moonlight Shadow by Mike Oldfield. That's a good song. That's a, a quality tune. Right, we them? need to. Need to do the news. Do you have any? Do you want to get actually... I have been looking, and I don't want to get depressing because it's mostly stabbings and coronavirus. It's a lot, it's and a stuff lot and... of stabbings. It's a lot of stabbings. 
Um, I, I do have other things. I mean, it's, it is coronavirus related, but there has been a COVID outbreak at the psychiatric unit at IRH, the local hospital here. Um, there have been a confirmed number of cases at the Langhill Clinic, um, but they wouldn't say how many on the grounds of patient confidentiality. Um, the clinic is in a 20-bed acute mental health um, setting with an eight-bed intensive care unit, so maximum 28 people have got it. Um, I have that's going on. So the facility is closed to new admissions. All staff being tested twice a week and patients who are remain negative are retested every four days until the unit reopens and they're, they've upped their infection prevention control and all that sort of stuff. So that's happening. Um, also, and less important local news, I saw today people going off on everything in Brookside because um, a tree surgeon looked, it came down, if you know, and um, it, looked, it looked as if the tree was on the Esplanade and say that they had like cut back branches so it was like hitting cars and shit like that but what they've actually done is scalped the tree to the absolute root um, and it's just a, looks like a big massive skinny stick now hanging out the ground so people were not happy about that but on, on the side they wouldn't be fucking happy if, if branches hit a car either i seen that tree also i seen Did a photo over that tree yeah do you know it's, cut, it's in the, the lists on the side of the site for most viewed oh my god for- so there you go. On so, bigger you actually... though, um, there's been a there was you know the the Guruk ferry terminal. And they were doing like, a big um, like two and a half million pound project to like do a like a a like, a link thing on it so you can go into the ferry and stuff. Cost two and a half million quid. Um, it's been completed now. Um, it's owned by Caledonian Maritime Assets Limited, and they returned link fun operations to Calmac following five months of work at the site. Um, so that means Guruk's now an alternative mainland port for vehicle services. So that's exciting. I used to fish and there's another there. headline which I... Did you? Yeah, that was a wee boy. There's a headline that I love on the Inverclyde now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the first word that makes it funny. Suspected cocaine and cannabis allegedly found in vehicle during 2.30am police call. Now, if you're a policeman and called out to a vehicle in Greenock at 2.30 in the morning, and you suspect it is cannabis and cocaine, it absolutely is. It's a hundred fucking percent is. Yeah, there's a good chance of it. Well, what are you doing out at half two in the morning anyway? We, we used to go to Tesco's at that time. Or... But we have got marijuana at that time of day also. So, I mean, it's saying there's a male acting suspiciously on a vehicle near High Home Street at half two in the morning on Monday. And they had to detain him. And um, what they suspected to be cannabis and cocaine were recovered. So... Probably fucking absolutely was. Yeah, a good chance of it. Definitely a good um, chance of it. There's a strike planned at Faz Lane and Coolport uh, next week, is it? 12th March. Um, staff working for Babcock Marine at odds with their bosses in a dispute over pay and bargaining rights. Uh, Unite Union has announced that its membership at Coolport and Faz Lane are to take part in, in role industrial action following overwhelming support in a ballot. Strike will be held in conjunction with continuous call it ban and banning all overtime starting twelfth of March. So that's happening. So no one will be covering the nukes. So I could just go in and take one. No, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I suppose it'll be some people. Like if some people don't <laughs> uh, join the union, and some people don't follow strikes and stuff like that. It's only only certain oh. people. When I was working in Mintech many years ago, we were called in like on a day's notice, and when we went down, there were a strike on, and they were they wanted like I was like eighteen at the time, and they weren't paying the full timers, and they just bought in a big bus of scabs, and I was like, I'm not walking through a picket line, yeah. so I just 
walked into Guruk and went to the cafe and got a pint instead. Get a pint. Um, in the last hour, actually, there's been some breaking news on Inverclyde, if you can call it that, for Inverclyde. Um, eight more people in Inverclyde have died as a result of coronavirus. The latest figure, the latest weekly figure is up by one on the previous seven-day period. A total of 23 deaths were recorded from all causes between the 22nd and 20th of February, meaning that COVID-19 accounted for just over a third of registrations. Um, and locally, 66, 67, sorry, 67 local people have died of COVID this year in Inverclyde. That's three months. So that's, say, or two months time. Quite a lot. This is just... As I just started March, so it's quite a... What? What? You just went all silent. And I'm muted, so because if I smoke, and I was hoping that you would do some fucking work and speak. So you were, you were talking, off. you were in the middle of a sentence, that's why I got I confused. wasn't, I had finished, I was finished. Or oh, did you see that somebody, you know them stalls you get in the middle of the Oak Mall? Um, somebody stole a whole bunch of phone cases from it. Which is like probably it's apparently seventy five quid worth of phone cases. How many did they fucking steal? But that's probably the easiest crime ever to do because they're always unattended. They just let a bit of tarp over it, but somebody just went in and just took a fucking bunch of them. The one that I enjoy in there is the man that sells the cake. Like I've never bought it off him in years, but he always he always looks at me like today's the day, and I was like, yeah, I would like to try this. Your carrot cake that I've tried every time I'm in town. I've got the um a wee list of items that Lidl and Aldi are putting out this week of good bargains if you're interested. Always middle aisles. Middle aisles, I Lidl mm. and Aldi. Lidl have got a slumber down mattress protector for six ninety nine. Um, pillow protectors for three ninety nine. That's pretty good. They've got a welcome mat for your front door with a rainbow on it, and it says four ninety nine. It says welcome. Aldi have got. A keyboard and a mouse that looks wireless and basic. A Canon printer. They've got some shelf organization stuff like metal, I don't know, pencil holders or something. Silver wire stationery. It says it's just nine at nine. So it looks like a lot of shit. So don't bother going. The ones that I enjoy is look when they've got like canoes and things like that. Ah, uh, you want something stupid? Mm. We should look in the the, the comment section and then the tilly and see what other people are saying. We'd like we're um reading us on Peanut Telegraph, so we appreciate the hard work they put in because we're very busy doing other things at the college, so we're kind of doing this. But we're asked next week, so we're going to have a lot of interesting stuff for you next week. We've not got any studying to do. All right. Do, do you want to do main stories now? Main the, stories. Main oh, stories. Before we start, though, speaking of like, local and stuff like that, um, as usual, we are sponsored by the Inverclyde Boiler Company, who sponsors all our podcasts and most of the Clyde Endeavours. And we really appreciate them for doing that. We really like supporting local business, and so does Inverclyde Boiler Company. And um, so we appreciate them for for sponsoring us. And um, like we've said before in our previous podcast, they do have a showroom coming soon, but they've also got a competition going on their um website. There's a few rules, simple stuff. You have to just go on. I think you have to comment saying "mum," um, and you have to like and follow them, all the usual bits. But if you go on the on their Facebook or Instagram or even their website, InverclydeBoilerCompany.com. Um, you can have it linked on you know, it's linked on your Instagram as well. You'll see this competition and your mum can get um a nice bouquet of flowers delivered for Mother's Day, which warning, warning to you all is under two weeks away. So don't say you weren't prepared. Get organised. But thank you so much to Everclay Boiler Company. We appreciate you. My mum would probably prefer a bouquet of boilers, to be honest. A bouquet of boilers, yeah. Well we could take it over and we could visit Shane <laughs> and every day at Everclay Boiler Company when their showroom opens and because he said we could have um tea and biscuits, so I'm holding them to that firmly. So we know not we can take Carol over to see. She would love that. Yeah, she loves a good showroom. 
Oh, and also we we we've said as well we um as part of our, our supporting local thing, um we bought stuff this week from the website from Parma Vintage, which is a nice local clothing boutique. Um, and I got the tracking number for that today, so I should arrive soon. And I just wanted to say to the owner of that, her name's Gillian, um, and she is a lovely person. I met her before when we done wee sales and stuff at the wee shop in Gourock. Um, but she's an online only boutique, but sometimes she goes to that wee place in Gourock, a wee nice tourian shop. And when I met her, she was lovely. But when we made in the order, she sent us a wee nice email saying thank you. It's all personalised and stuff. It wasn't just generated. So I thought that was so nice. It just goes to show you, like, doing like local shopping, it's just so much nicer and like like you're supporting somebody to keep their business open and stuff that's near you but it's like just more effort in it and it's I don't know I just like it and Parma Vintage is lovely you should definitely go shop there she said the sloths last time because you were, I, you were a I good customer we, I, we bought a whole bunch of stuff and when I was leaving I was telling her how like all my friends had recommended me to us and stuff like that and, um, and so she gave me these wee like um, things you put in top of like champagne bottles to keep them like fizzy it was like wee sloths and stuff they were so cute they just gave us free stuff she's so nice also, you got your roasters for Roasters Cup. Uh, I, I, we shopped at the, was it called Clyde Coffee? Yeah, Clyde Coffee Club or Company. I should uh, look that we've, up. We've, we've linked them on more on um, Instagram anyway. If you go and you'll be able to see the thing that we bought and everything like that. They're so nice as well. And they're another local business. So please support local. It's a nice thing to do. And there's actually a lot of nice stuff in for Clyde. And see, actually, we'll let you in the sneak peek as a podcast listener behind the scenes. We, we've got a competition on this week which is joining uh, this Friday, that you could win £30 worth Domino's Pizza if you um, subscribe to the podcast. But we're going to have another competition coming very soon in which we're going to have a big, massive basket full of all the local items that you can buy from local businesses in Greenock and Inverclyde, and you can win that. And that's going to include things like items from Parma Vintage, maybe a voucher for beauty treatment. There's a gin company in Inverclyde, so you could have that. The coffee company is going to be a lot of good stuff. So you want to stay, um, subscribe to our podcast and on our Instagram and we'll let you know about that. But that's a sneak peek podcast only. Is that a do not grab bag? Or we, going to, we can't call it that if we're going to use the port and we'll have to find some sort of Inverclyde. I will need to, need to use our imagination there on that one. Yeah. But let's get into um, the other news today. Do you want to start off? Do you want me to go budget? With Aye, so Will, Will has done the budget today and I was watching the Nicholas Sturgeon Committee, so Will's going to talk us through the budget and then um, we'll go into the committee and have a, a big old chat about that, but you go ahead on the All on right, the, the, first, the first thing with the Chancellor shooting out, you know, every year they always hold the they hold the case outside of it, like, that always gets me, I always yeah. look for that photo. So, the budget this year, though, is set out an extra £65 billion in COVID support for employees and businesses, so... That's on income and thresholds in the rising corporate tax also this year. So let's go to the ones that most people care about. Also, this is the first time in 70 years, that the two years in a row, that they haven't touched alcohol. Alcohol has not went up in two years. And the last time they did that was 70 years ago. Did cigarettes go up? Are we preempting here? You know cigarettes has not been brought up, but they've kind of fell to the wayside. Look, they've not done anything with them. I, I, I thought I had heard that cigarettes weren't getting um, put up. I thought they were staying the same. But go through, because I've written some notes on the uh, budget also that I can right. contribute so, once you're finished. The universal credit is going to stay for another six months. And Oh, is that the, the uplift? The £20 uplift is going to continue for another... I'm really glad of that. That's, that's good. That helps a lot of people out. That's... The difference between eating and not eating, that's an extra £100 a month usually. Uh, we talked about it um, on, on Sunday, it's a really important thing. If you want more info on that, you can listen to Sunday's uh, brunch that we had on. 
that's a great thing. Uh, the rate of corporation tax will rise to 25% in 2023, but protections for smaller businesses. Freezing income tax also to 2026. Mm-hmm. Other one that I seen because I was talking to Bryce about it, they now want to make this a place of owners instead of renters, and they're going to be a 95% mortgage now. They're going to, and they're going to help people to get their mortgages because they want people to own instead of rent. So they're going to change that. The stamp duty thing? Yeah, I think that, because I didn't get the stamp thing when you say stamp duty, me, I think about actual stamp stamps and don't understand how you can buy a house with that, so I get confused. Well, I've got um, I've got a wee thing I can use as uh, a wee tip on this. Um, there's actually a stamp duty calculator that you can see. It, it tells you um, what brackets the, the rate comes into, what percentage affects that. Um, so say if, like so, if a home is between uh, up to five hundred thousand pounds, it's a zero rate, so zero duty on it. If it's between five hundred thousand and nine hundred twenty-five, it's a five percent. So if you go into that, you put in the value of the property, it will tell you what the percentage is for that property, and it, it depends on things like are you a first-time buyer, is this a second property and stuff. But it makes it a lot more simpler. Obviously, it's like it's, it's not advised and all that sort of stuff. If you need that sort of advice, you can go to a mortgage person. There's a lot of good people in Inverclyde you can go to for that kind of help. But that's a, a new thing that's going on. It's a three month extension to the stamp duty holiday, but as for, yeah. for properties under five hundred thousand, sorry. But an extension to the follow scheme to September. The one that doesn't really have anything to do with the budget, but it was the only thing I was like, I didn't know he could do that. Now, when you use your your tappy tap, when you use your phone to pay or use your your card to pay, without like putting it in, mm-hmm. or phone, I think it is, is now up to a hundred pounds instead of forty five pounds. I think it was that in some places anyway. I know Bryce does it in Tesco, the £100 tap-tap thing. I think it depends on what place it is. Oh, his phone thing. Right, yeah, the phone thing. is now... I had seen, seen something as well. Was it for a bit of apprenticeships and that they gave a sort of incentive to businesses to, to take people on? Did you see in that? I have. I'm just going back down because I read it all earlier. But I, know, then... I know it's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it's like they had because apprentices were previously um, so they've boosted an incentive to take on apprentices boosted by a thousand pounds up to three thousand pounds per hire. So that's pretty good. Like for sort of coming out of this and stuff because like if you think of like, the time we've been in this lockdown, how many kids have come out of school and stuff? It's about happening again. Like, there's going to be a lot of Wednesdays and jobs and stuff. And there's actually there's a good incentive um, on. I'll go on and get details of it and I'll share it like, as I'm talking just now. But what it is, it's a, a broadcast like, media company, and it's for people that are interested in um, getting into journalism and stuff. Um, and if you're between the ages of sixteen and twenty-four, it was actually a lecturer that shared that Charles Fletcher, the legend of the man. He shared this scheme here. It's for ages of 16 and 24 unemployed people. There are 100 placements for it. Um, if you're on Universal Credit, it's News UK that are offering 100 placements in 2021. It's a, a government kickstart scheme. And you can find, if you go to news.co.uk in, in our news, you'll see about the placements. But that's a good thing. So if you know somebody between 16 and 24 that's looking to get in that kind of industry, it's a, a, a good wee incentive to get on-the-job experience and stuff, and th- in things like media and journalism and stuff, it's not always based on a qualification that you can get a job. Something like an apprenticeship could, in theory, be much more helpful than like, a, a formal piece of paper. It's experience and portfolios and stuff they're looking for, so something like this would be really ideal. So the, the companies that this is in conjunction with this apprenticeship uh, is The Sun, Talk Sport, Virgin Radio, Talk Radio, Times Radio, News UK, and obviously the government kickstart scheme. So uh, that's what ties into the apprenticeships. Um, if, funding boost announced in the budget today. If that was about when I was younger, I probably would have done something like that. 
Whatever. Well, that would be a great thing. You'd have definitely done that. Mm-hmm. Kept me out of the places I ended up. So I wanted to see if I could find, because I remember hearing it, but I don't remember off by heart, that Keir Stammer wasn't very happy about the budget. He was calling it a, a band-aid over the, over the uh-huh. economy. Mm-hmm. And it, it was criticisms as well, because last year when Rishi Sunak discussed this, they had put the government had put aside twelve billion pounds in the sort of the the fund for dealing with COVID and things, and it's been discussed lately that that figure is now closer to two hundred and eighty billion pounds. And obviously, as we can see, there's um we're not anywhere close to the end of this thing. It seems like that didn't really work out. So I can keep going with the budget because I just keep reading the I keep going down my list because there were a lot more in it than I actually thought to be honest. But the thing is that people are really interested in things that are going to affect them. So like you were saying mm. about you're now going to spend £100 using your contactless card, and that was up from £45. Um, he's extended the cut on VAT, paid in restaurants, hotels and attractions from 20% to 5%. So I guess that's a, a sort of end of vein of last year, the Eat Out to Help Out thing. That's going to be encouraging people to, when they can, get back out, spend some money in the high street, get the economy sort of going, because uh, the hotel, restaurant and um, event sort of business is obviously to a massive hit in this. Um, brands such as Pret Nandos and Weatherspoons did, did cut prices to match, but companies are not required to do so. That's in refer, reference to last year, um, because the break on the, the VAT break was supposed to end this month, it will be extended to September of this year. Then it's going to be 12 and a half pence until March 2022 before rising back to 20 pence. So that will be a fucking kick in the teeth next March. Because I I think they're giving people that is on tax credits an extra five hundred pound also. All right. But I'm just making sure that I can. Yeah, here we go. A six months extension to the twenty pound for universal credit, and they've got a one off payment of five hundred pound to eligible working tax credit claimants across the UK. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying about the Keir Starmer thing, it's it's probably quite right what you said. This is a band aid on a lot of issues because. Mm. Um, just like other issues that it really means for our listeners and how it's going to affect them this budget, the tax paid in alcoholic beverages, so like wine, whiskey uh, uh, wine and whiskey and beer will stay the same because uh, the government cancelled the planned increase but that's just a delay, it will increase again and also duties on fuel were set to rise but that's been pushed back to April of 2022 so next year I think watch this space, it's, I think next year's budget is going to be rough, obviously we don't know what's going to happen this year, we need to sort of take this punches as it comes, but all oh, this has just been delayed to next year. Basically, just like stick with heat in the sand, we'll deal with it later on. But mm. I don't imagine next year's going to be good because, as you know, we talked about on Sunday, um, this year's going to see an increase in TV license costs. Um, and who knows how that's going to how that's going to go down and, and what's going to happen next year on that as well. So, I, I think like the next couple of years is going to be very, very hard financially. Like, obviously, the economy is not in a good place and. I just I don't know how a lot of people's going to get through it. Like you had mentioned before, sorry, the five hundred pound. Uh, when when are they getting that? It just says it will be paid within the next six months. It's it's they're just it's almost a shrug. It's like yeah, yeah. you'll get five hundred pound. Get it when you get it. And who's yeah. getting that? Like is it everybody on benefits? Or? People people on tax credits. So that's usually people. I think I'm not really working. I'm not really credits, sure working tax credits. Could a uh, could a budget and a money specialist would he be able to tell you? Does he know? No, he doesn't like to be broadcast. And he's having no. some quite relaxing times just now. Okay. I, I, 
So there were other things that I've seen on this, like 10 million to support of veterans with mental health needs across the UK also. Um, that's because it's just a lot going on. Like There are just so many numbers. I should have went through it. And we did go through, but it's just so many things on it, really. Yeah. Like it's, it's a big, big... And I'm, I would imagine probably with Cindy Brunch this week, we're going to have further um, analysis on that once it's really sunk in. Because like we said, today's yeah. been a massive day. We've spent most of it watching the Nicholas Sturgeon committee, but we did want to bring you some news on the budget and basically just how it's going to affect you guys, what difference it's going to make in your pocket. Um, what we're saying before about the the tax break that's been given to... Well, the, the delay, I should say, for the, the hotel and uh, restaurant and stuff industry... Um, they're estimating that it's going to save the average household £160 a year um, so that's a good thing but as we said it's, it's, it's delayed um, it's, it's going to go back it's delayed to extend to September down to five pence then it's going to be 12.5% until March and then it's going to go back to that 20, 20 pence VAT so You see what I think I was confused here because I watched it right and he said about 20 things then when I went on the site there are hundreds of things, so I'm just seeing more things and getting really confused. I, I guess he couldn't stand there the whole time and just say, Aye. is this, is this, is this? Aye. And it's the same as us. Like, we've only got an hour that we do this in. Yeah. Like, we're big news of the day, as obviously going to be <clears throat> in the committee, which we better move on to now because we've been on here 37 minutes and we've not even touched let's, on that. So, let's um, get on to that. As you know, um, we've been following this. We had covered um, Alex Salmon's evidence at committee um, last Friday. Yeah, it was meant to go Thursday, but didn't. Then ended up going on Friday. Aye, so, it. Aye, we done that last week. Um, and so nine o'clock this morning, we were up and ready and sitting over coffee watching um, the, the Burns Committee room where the First Minister was appearing. She w- was there all day. It ended up being a, an eight-hour session. Um, and the tensions in the room was, I mean, it was a, a big day for, a big nervous day for everybody, I think, not just the First Minister. If you go on there, Mouse and the Clyde Instagram, you'll see we put a video on um, of the um, convener, Linda Fabiani, and the deputy convener, Margaret Mitchell. They were had about a two and froze today. An atmosphere between them both. Um, the hashtag, I stand with Nicola, was trending on Twitter today. Um, uh, many calls for the resignations for the First Minister. We actually done a poll on the Mouse and the Clyde Instagram, and I'm going to go on here right now. Um, and get the results, but I wanted to leave it up for as long as I possibly could just so I can get the most accurate results before we recorded. Um, so our question to our our Instagram followers was, do you think Nicola Sturgeon should resign right now? We put that up 21 hours ago. We wanted to try and get as much as we could before recording. Um, and we had 30 respondents in total. Um, Gwee, we can hear all that noise. Honestly, so rude. Like, so, right, we had 30 respondents um, on the poll here. 10 people said that, yes, they think Nicola Sturgeon should resign right now. 20 people said, no, that she shouldn't. Um, so that was 21 hours ago, so sort of tea time last night. Um, the big moment, obviously, was the First Minister's opening statement. There's a few quotes I want to go through in that. Um, one of the most powerful ones I thought was... Um, I know, so she's talking on Alex Salmond, I know just from what he told me that his behaviour was not always appropriate, and yet across six hours of testimony, um, there was not a single word of regret, reflection, or even or even a simple acknowledgement of that. I can only hope that in private the reality might be different, so it's very cutting on him. Um, yeah. We had an, another poll as well, um, asking were followers, are they with the Scottish Government or with Alex Salmond? Again, we had um, 20 odd respondents to that, 16 people said they were with the Scottish Government. 5% said Alex Salmon, so 76% of our followers 
we're on the side of the Scottish government um, and all up um, 67% of our, our followers believe that she should, she should not resign at the moment. I felt the whole thing was really quite tense today when I was watching that. Sorry for the noise there. I had to run and do some things and didn't realise I didn't put on the, the thing. So, sorry. Mm. But we'll, talk, it, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. I found it quite tense when I was watching it I was like this is it just Nicola Sturgeon is just sticking up for a friend and she just seems more hurt than anything else which I picked from it that she's just like the whole thing just seemed like it was just on top of her the whole time and that's like 8 hours imagine just getting prodded for 8 hours yeah um, there's a lot to go through in regards to, um, but as I said, the the opening statement was one of the sort of biggest moments in it. I don't want to read the whole thing because it um it goes on for about fifteen minutes all up, um. But you can see it on the SNP's website, or if you're not an SNP supporter, that's fine. If you Google it, you'll see it on a whole bunch of newspapers and stuff like that. Um, but there's there's quite a few big moments in that. Um, what I found most sort of indeed, and I don't want to like split up our listeners and stuff like that. So we're not saying you know that you should support the SNP or anything like that. The SNP should be questioned, the First Minister should be questioned and all this, and the committees get the right to ask these questions. Um, but just from my own point of view, I thought that I had a, a great deal of respect for her because she acknowledged the things that went wrong, she apologised for the things that she personally did wrong, and on behalf of the Scottish Government apologised and took accountability for those things and took on board those mistakes. And I, I find that really endearing. That's not something that I saw with Alex Salmon. He was putting the blame here, putting the blame there. Um, it was sort of quoting the ministerial code and the code of conduct for members of parliament and Nicola Sturgeon brought up the fact today that in her whole um, time of known him she's known him since before she was 21 years old she was saying today so many years um, and she said she'd never heard him quote him like that or have even any interest and things like that so it was surprising for her to see it on Friday so I, I'd sort of get the sense that he was putting on this fake persona on Friday but I like I I don't know how much you believe in this and read into this but I'm very much looking at people's body language when they speak to me yeah um, and there was a, a stupid, stupid tweet on here today that said that they felt the First Minister was lying because she was blinking quite a bit um, at the start, but I felt that was actually because she was getting a bit emotional, she was getting a bit upset. Yeah. Like you said, he was her friend and mentor, and even beforehand, like, somebody that she actually looked up to and wanted the, the political career that she wanted to emulate and somebody that sort of mentored her through the years. So it was emotional for her, and I think she had, like, tread the line very cleverly and carefully because she almost she was referring to him as Alec, not Alex Salmond, and almost shows that intimacy that was between them. And she was always putting it as the Alec that she knew versus the man that he is now, and sort of subtly putting that distance between them, which I thought was very very clever of her. And you could see that there was there was hurt in her, like she was saying, um, maybe at the time she didn't deal with everything correctly in the way that she would would have done in hindsight. But there's no minute since then that she's stopped thinking about it, stopped thinking about these women that were his accusers yeah. and things of what they went through and having sympathy with them and stuff like that. But for her and for a lot of people at the, at the top of the Scottish Government, they were friends and colleagues and sort of mentors, mentees to Alex Salmon and from Alex Salmon and to them at that time to hear that information. It was it was a bombshell with them. It was very, very upsetting to them. And that's something that's something it's easy to forget about, like as a sort of constituent and seeing these people as almost like a celebrity because they work in politics sort of thing. You forget that they are humans and they are friends and, you know, stuff like that. And it, it must be hurtful for her. She used the word bestie. I bestie. That was, that was something because that that's like a real friendship and that's what kind of got me. They're, they're not just work colleagues, like they two have been close. Mm-hmm. And she she seemed devastated and it was just 
the quote that I that comes up when you look at it, it was absurd that she would even the suggestion of uh, plotting against him, like that idea just didn't come into her mind at all. It was it's just not something that she would do. So she uh, said, one of the interesting things that she did say, and um, if you've been online today, you've probably seen it yourself, um, is that. And she says, I refuse to follow the age-old pattern of letting a powerful man use his status and connections to get what he wants. Um, and, a powerful statement. Yeah. Um, as First Minister, I refuse to follow the age-old pattern of allowing a powerful man to use his status and connections to get what he wants. And she was refusing to sort of apologise on his behalf um, because she was asked at one point, which for me was one of the most upsetting moments. Um, it was towards the end, actually, when Murdo Fraser was questioning the First Minister. Um, and basically sort of regurgitating the situation everything that happened and asked the First Minister she'd like to take this opportunity to apologise and it was worded in, in the way of that he was asking her to apologise for the, well, the alleged actions of Alex Salmond and it's just that moment of asking a woman in power who's trying to run a country through a pandemic to apologise for the actions of her, her predecessor and a man that's allegedly done something wrong and asking for her to apologise to it and she answered it in a great way of saying that she'll apologise and has apologised today on behalf of what she's done wrong and taking accountability for that and what the Scottish government's done wrong and they've accountability for that um, and that's why this investigation's going on and everything but she's not going to apologise for what he done wrong or allegedly done wrong she'll take on the chin what she should and he should do the same which in my view he did not do in his testimony when he was there last Friday but she she did do that I noticed something and it's I know it's a wee bit silly right but I watched some of it on Facebook watch and the Alex Salmon thing got a lot of angry faces and laughing faces and when I turned because I'm always interested because that's just instead of seeing people's comments you just see thumbs going up and today she got a lot of thumbs and like cuddly the cuddly thing so mm-hmm. people are still behind her like people are watching this and still still giving mm-hmm. her support I know that's Mm-hmm. And another thing we had brought it up in one of our classes this week, we're discussing we're lecturer, um, and he did say a valid point, which is different situations, and I understand and respect that. But there's been several times that Boris Johnson has been found to mislead Parliament, and I'm not saying that Nicola Sturgeon has; she may have or may not. That's for the committee to decide. But Boris Johnson has been found factually to have misled Parliament, I think, four times, and he's not been forced to resign. He's not had any of that sort of stuff. So why is why is this the case with Nicola Sturgeon, like? If, if it is found that she has misled Parliament, why should she have to face those circumstances? Like, there's a lot of people at the very top of government right now in Westminster that have been found to have actually misled Parliament and are still there. I was just seeing what ones they misled Parliament, then the big picture of the Boris bus showed up. Mm-hmm. And also, remember they paroled Parliament and lied to the fucking Queen? Oh, I remember that. Is that when he, he, he just sent everyone home so they couldn't vote against things? Mm-hmm. My boy. Um, yeah, was... I, I think, like, what I want to talk about is, in my view, uh, again, this is just my view, the absolute villain of the day, Jackie Bailey. Oh, that was a lot. It was a lot. Just like, so, like I said previously, I feel the First Minister should stand to this scrutiny. She should be asked these questions, but the attitude and the tone of Jackie Bailey and the way that she interacted with not just the First Minister, but the other people in committee, I felt was. Very, very rude and snarky. I knew it was going to be coming because if you've seen any interaction between them in the chamber, it's obvious that they dislike each other. Um, I don't know if they've just got private reasons for that, if it's all political or what the situation is, but I feel 
a, a committee member and I actually, the sad person I am, went on and I got the code of conduct for not just MSPs but for committee members um, to see how they should be treating each other and, and, and what's required of them. And one of the very, very first things on it is that they should be treating other colleagues with respect and courtesy. And the way that she posed questions to the First Minister today, I found was very, very disrespectful. And I find, I don't want to be one of these people that, you know, pull the woman card and stuff like that, but like another woman pulling down another woman I know that she should stand scrutiny and stand questioning and things like that, but the way she, the way she was speaking to her, I find was very diminishing and very disrespectful of her. Um, she hasn't been found guilty of anything. Nothing's been proved yet. She's in the middle of questioning. So I don't feel MDs get the right to speak to somebody like that, whether they've done something wrong or not. It's just, I feel it's disgusting behaviour. Towards the very start of the committee, um, I don't know if you remember that there was um, some statement brought up. I can't remember offhand exactly what it is. Um, but Jackie Bailey said to the First Minister, oh, you said that at First Minister's questions and that was a lie. The First Minister said, no, I don't think I did, but we can check the record. And in a snide voice, Jackie Bailey went, yeah, we'll all check that record and like, rolled her eyes. And then uh, no long after the committee went for a break and came back, and when they came back, the First Minister said, oh, during the, the break, I got the record. And I was right, actually. I, I did confirm that. And Jackie Bailey just ignored that. And then she went through the rest of the day being snide towards her. And then at the end of the committee, there was a real, oh, it was in the last sort of five, ten minutes of it, an absolute bar me of a moment, and I put up some some videos on my Instagram, I might put a wee bit more, just so you can see it, not to watch the whole eight hours, but really, really rude to her, really, really horrible, and, and I, I just, there was a lot of support for her on Twitter, and I just don't understand how people could, how could, people could look at what she was doing and think that was okay, it's not right to speak to anybody like that. I was going through this, because there's a timeline I'm having a look at, and at one point she asked her why didn't she resign just straight out and she said we are still in the process of investigating an inquiry into all of this and she just came out and asked it's like she it was the more attitude of the woman like she could have asked like asked anything but just it seemed like she was frustrated mm-hmm. and pissed off and she just I went think, for her throat i think like again in my view my own opinion what I think is that, you know, the Scottish elections come up May 6th, as we've talked about. Jackie Bailey knows fine well that this has sort of captured the attention of our nation. How many people usually watch Parliament TV? Not a lot, I would imagine. Not, not nearly as many as been watching it, when, you know, last Friday for Alex Salmond, today for the First Minister. She's aware of the audience that she's getting, potentially like one of the very rare times that she does in pre-election. This is a good opportunity for her. So today she took the opportunity to just indulge in, like, heavy insinuation, hearsay, second-hand sources, just putting forward these conspiracies and things like that live on Parliament TV, just clutching at any straw that she could, trying to raise her own profile, trying to make herself seem like a hard man to the electorate before May 6th. She's Labour, isn't she? Like, she's Labour. Well, she's just like three seats in whole of Scotland and she was just showing, she was just showing her power. Mm-hmm. And also there was a moment as well where Jackie Bailey posed a question to the First Minister and I don't know if it was the wording or what it was, um, but the First Minister says, sorry, I don't quite follow or I don't understand the question or something. And Jackie Bailey looks at her and the way she looked at her uh, and sort of rolled her eyes and went, OK, well, it's really simple. But and I just thought that's so bloody rude, just like such a fucking upstart. Like, what is the need for that? I don't know. It was just a lot. Like, it, it was, was just an attitude, really. Uh-huh. And again, we'll probably continue talking about this on Sunday or more Sunday brunch because yeah. I imagine all, all the papers going to have this as opinion pieces and stuff. But I, I share with the sentiments of Andy Whiteman, MSP, who who was one of the people on committee today, questioning the first minister as well. He's an independent green for Lothian, 
um, last Friday when Alex Salmon finished, he tweeted few, and again today put few in a number two in brackets. It just it was sort of glad it was over, and I'm sure the first minister would agree. But I think she came off very well, and I think she could even see herself, as I'm sure they could see at home. It got towards the end of the day, and the line of questioning was just repeating what had gone on for the morning. So to me, it showed that the committee as a whole were clutching at straws. They didn't have much. So they were trying to repeat the questions in the morning, hoping to catch it out on something that she'd already answered. It was almost a masterclass watching it as a journalism student, because how can you pose a question 12 different ways to an interview you can get them, force them to answer it? She'd answered it already, and they were forcing her three, four, five different times, trying to do it again. And then, like I did before, Murdo Fraser outrageously asking the First Minister to apologise for Alex Salmon's behaviour. Well, that was a bit much, I thought. Mm-hmm. They keep bringing up Jeff Aberdeen also. That was a, mm-hmm. an odd one. I've never heard of Jeff Aberdeen before. I was actually... I had to Google that, man. Yeah. I w- a good moment today, though, to go into the sort of happier moments of it was um, they had said, you know, something about uh, this is a fact even the First Minister disputes or something, and Nicola Sturgeon just looked at her blankly and said, I am the First Minister. And if you go on um, Twitter yeah. on the artist Neil Slorence, it's Neil S L O R A N C E. I'm sure you're aware of him. Um, but he drew a, a great cartoon there of Nicholas Sturgeon wearing a cool pair of sunnies saying, I am the First Minister. So I enjoyed that. <laughs> but there was a, a lot of people online today. Like I said, the hashtag I stand with Nicola was trending. Um, Hollywood, Inqu- Hollywood Inquiry was trending as well. And a lot of people were putting on, I've never been a member of a political party before and I've joined the SNP. Um, so it's for you to decide, obviously, your opinions and stuff. We're just taking our opinions of what happened today. Everything that happens, obviously, follow public record. You can go on the Scottish Parliament website. Um, the full testimony is there as well from today and from all other sessions in the committee. You can watch it for yourself. Um, and there's also a feature on there as well that's really good that if there's moments you want to save for later on, you can like clip a certain timestamp and download the video onto your computer if you want to save it for later on, but um, it's a good wee feature, so you can go on and use that. Again, that's where lecture Charles Fletcher told us about that, because he knows everything. But it was, it was a, a trying day today, that's just me watching it. I can't imagine how Nicola Sturgeon's feeling tonight. She's trending number one out on Twitter. That was very on the news section of it. She's trending mm-hmm. in Scotland, as hashtag Salmon Inquiry was the biggest like Twitter trend. Yeah. They had a wee look to see what the, what the trends were. Um, but if any of you guys listening have got any opinions on this or want to comment on it, we want to hear all views. Like, doesn't matter what political party support or anything, whatever you want to say, we'll hear with open ears and, and welcome your contributions. Even if you're not listening to live on stereo just now, you can always um, get in contact with us on our social medias, on our website, whatever. You can always email us, mouseoftheclyde at gmail.com. Any contributions you've got or anything that you want included on the podcast, or if you ever want to come on and chat to us, you're always welcome. All views we want expressed, you know, even if. We're on agreements with each other. It's good to a good healthy debate and to get other opinions um, viewed. Because, yeah. like I said, like we had sixty seven percent of our um, followers agree that the first minister shouldn't resign, but that also left out a proportion that, of our listeners that think that she should. So we want those expressed as well. Uh, I I just got figures here. I thought you'd be interested. The I stand with Nicola hashtag was used fifteen point. Two times, it looks like. No, I stand with Nicola's 31.5k. Oh, wow. Like, just today. Wow. Then the other thing was there were 8 point... There were 8,500 tweets of both votes SNP today also. So that's... It was a a big day for them. Big stressful day. 
so it shows you that it's it's driving people behind them also like it's mm-hmm. it's really kind of bringing them together mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how this election goes i'm really really looking forward to that and see what happens and for the whole of the scottish election the lead up to it of course we'll be covering all of that and like i say if you want to contribute and have your views expressed and um, you can always get involved whether you want to just send us in something written that we'll read out in the podcast if you don't want to um, come on and contribute live we'll read that out we want like we want to express everybody's views not just our own so definitely get in touch and, and we'll feature whatever you want we've got a website as well and we're really keen to interview people and, and get local viewpoints out there and promote local businesses yeah. and stuff so please get in touch with us and then um, we'll get something done together but should we move on to something else now because um, we don't want to talk the whole episode with us because people probably had enough of it today yeah so do you have anything else but also today I forgot to say this is Alexander Graham Bell's birthday that's because remember before we were talking about how people ask you if you had a television. That's right. Alexander... People in America asked me if I had running water in my house in Scotland. Is wait, did I get that wrong? Was Alexander Graham Bell the radio and it was John Logie Bird the television? <laughs> I don't have to call. Because <laughs> I always get them both mixed a... up. I have a smoker's cough. I do not have COVID. Um, Alexander Graham Bell. Alexander um, Graham Bell. Alexander Graham Bell. Who's the telephone? Um, I he invented the telephone. That's Who? another Alec. It says here that he's his daddy and his friends called him Alec. Yeah, because there's the thing was if he invented the first telephone, who was he phoning if he only had one telephone? What came first, the telephone or the yeah. chicken? But Scotland had lots of inventors, did they not? Did we not get? I'm sure the telly guy. I'm sure. I think penicillin. I penicillin. I think loads of stuff. We'll move on to something else. Though <clears throat> speaking of women being bullied, um, Meghan the Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, um, is in the news oh. again today, and again, I've been breaking news on her in the past hour or so. Um, Buckingham Palace are launching an official investigation into the Duchess of Sussex amid bullying claims, saying that um, she made former staff quit and bullied several members of her staff. Um, spokesperson for the palace said they were very concerned about it. She forced out two personal assistants and undermined the confidence of a third. Um, Royal aides had expressed concerns about how such matters were handled by the palace, so now they're having to do a formal investigation because it was all sort of being ignored, swept under the rug and things, but now they're really looking at it because... In their view, I guess they want to shut it down completely and prove it untrue, but I mean, there's no smoke without fire, is there? What's your view on this? Um, I I actually seen it earlier and didn't see it getting updated. I only seen that she sent out an email, like, playing the victim, pretty much, mm-hmm. saying the Duchess is saddened by the latest attack on her character. Like, mm-hmm. as somebody that has been targeted as bullying herself, she's deeply committed to supporting uh, deeply support bully proofing and she has experienced the pain and the trauma that bully has brought so she would never bully <clears throat> on Meghan Markle as well remember on Sunday we were talking about um, the murder of Jamal Khashoggi the journalist um, Meghan Markle has also been criticised yeah. now because on a royal tour she a uh, royal tour of Fiji in, in 2018 sorry she wore a gift from Crown, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia uh, that's who's accused or uh, ordering the murder on the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Um, it's like a pair of earrings from Chopar, the journalist, uh, the the sorry, the jeweler, not the journalist, the jeweler Chopar, 
Um, she wore the earrings at a formal dinner in Fiji in October 2018 during a royal tour in New Zealand, Fiji and Tonga. Uh, the, the earrings were a wedding gift from the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, apparently. Um, and this, she wore the earrings at the event and apparently this was three weeks after the Khashoggi was actually murdered. So people were saying that they're, you know, blood earrings and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. shouldn't have. And, I, you know, I know people who have the criticisms of Meghan Markle, whether they're founded or unfounded, and their own opinions and whatever of her. Um, but if they're going to sit and slag us, Lassie, for wearing these earrings, what is going to be their opinions when they look into the crown jewels and see the history of the royal family as a whole? I mean, I would say her earrings is probably least of the worst things in jewelry-wise that the royal family own. Yeah. <laughs> that cool diamond. Yeah, India want that back, do they not? Oh, yeah, India want the Koino diamond back, and it's um it's part of the British Crown jewels. It's, if you don't know about it, it's um the original weight of it was is 186 carats, so 191 metric carats or 38.2 grams. Absolutely massive diamond, and um it's like 166 facets on it. It was like, originally found in the cooler mine in India, um and also during British occupation. So it's sweet that under the rug the way the royal family went to but um, there's been an ownership dispute over the years uh, between sort of uh, Iran, Afghanistan, India, Pakistan all wanting its return from the UK. Uh, Indian government believes that it was rightfully theirs but anyway this is the coin of the, the earrings um, but I uh, she's going through the word blood earrings but like we say the history behind all the crown jewels and probably several the royal family themselves maybe just a fucking jewellery like the history behind the whole thing is questionable Never mind the earrings. I think they would just I, probably try and find anything to try and jump in this last I'd seen this actually a couple of months ago on a almost the same subject, how the British Museum is the world's largest receiver of stolen goods. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, that was the headline. Like, if you think about it, because like, all they've done is they've went somewhere and they've paid someone like a couple of hundred pounds back in the day or gave them water. And took like, oh, this this is the birthstone that is meant to be here. And they're like, well, here's some pot noodles to Fiji's. We're going to take this and shoot a couple of locals. And that's what, if you've been through there, you're like, that's not meant to be here. I'm sure, I'm sure like, what was it again? The pharaohs and stuff like that. I'm sure a pharaoh, if he came back, wasn't meant to be in the middle of Piccadilly. Piccadilly. Enjoy. Um, on the on the topic of the royal family, actually, if we can go into uh, Prince Philip, we've been covering his hospital stay. Um, you probably seen earlier in the week that he was moved from um, King Eddie's Hospital in London to St Bart's Hospital. That was that happened on Monday. Um, this afternoon, the um, Duchess of Cornwall, Camilla, she was making a visit to South London and spoke to the press there. Said that the Duke of Edinburgh was slightly improving um, in the hospital. She was visiting a community vaccination centre. Said the Duke of Edinburgh is slightly improving, but quote unquote hurts at moments. Um, his treatment hurts at, at times. So, um, obviously, the family keeping their fingers crossed, praying for him. They appreciate all the thoughts, wishes, comments, etc. But he's still in hospital. Um, and they say that uh, this this would make them be three weeks apart, him and the Queen, and that uh, this is one of the longest times we've been apart for decades or something like that. So, that's quite sad for her. And I hope he's. Right. I mean, he's ninety nine years old. So if he dies, you know, not that it will not be sad. It'll be sin, but. He's 99 years old and a lot of younger people have died and, and a lot worse yeah. circumstances during this pandemic. And he's obviously been through the best hospitals in the whole of London, so I'm sure he's in, under the best hands. Yeah. So do they know what it is? Is it just saying heart condition? Pre-existing heart mm. condition? 
They're saying he's got a pre-existing heart condition, but he was under treatment for an infection. So it probably means that's something embarrassing, like a UTI or something like that. It's probably something they don't want to talk about. Either that or some. I mean, to transfer him to another hospital, that's because they want to do a procedure there. So maybe it'd be worth looking yeah. into would a St. Bart specialise in, maybe, sort of. And, and, and would, like, if he did need surgery or something, would a surgeon put him under anaesthetic? Would they completely, like, would it, not to say financially worth it, but anyway, he's healthy even, would it be worth it being 99 years old with a prior heart condition? Other treatments could be potentially risky or something like that. And yeah. I think we're not medical professionals, this is just speculation. Looking up, they are a teaching hospital ranging local and specialist services from treatment from cancer, heart conditions and fertility problems. So maybe it's the heart condition they're dealing with there? Fertility problems? For, for that sort of age, I mean, it's quite likely it's got some sort of cancer. Like, I think it's really, isn't it the thing that the older that you get, chances are you've yeah. got some sort of cancer uh, floating about in there? It just gets higher and higher. I'm mm-hmm. sure he was a smoker also, but I think, I know she wasn't, but I did watch The Crown and he smoked in the crown and, and as but I don't know if that's true because as Prince Harry said on that open top bus some of it was fiction based on real characters mm. so um, I just want to touch on really quickly on this because it's not really news I suppose but we did we did talk about it Sunday and just to follow up on it Donald Trump had his rally on Sunday and, oh. and if we had had our episode go on live um told him that he strongly considered another run for president in 2024. His close advisors wanted to choose um, someone other than Mike Pence for his ticket. Um, what else? No, Nothing I, really. He came on and said like, some offensive things. And Can uh, I mention one of the offensive things that annoyed mm, him? Right, he, he, uh, he, he went on about trans athletes again and he was like, women should be women winning women's sports. Look, this isn't fair on women. Shouldn't mm-hmm. shouldn't be born that way. And you just like, oh come on. Look, like, it just grasped me. That it's just a dog whistle for like all these people. Like he's saying things that he knows that people's got. Look, like, people are pissed that his side's going to be pissed off. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I believe the same thing. Um, see on that actually, like about um, this month's actually Pride Month. Um, and there's some really great articles out there if you wanted, if you wanted to recommend that somebody could put someone in the mouth of the Clyde for you to recommend. But there's a really good one here um, talking about um, trans women and men um, through history. And, like, it goes, I mean, if you think like sort of trans rights and things, obviously we've like, been fought for a lot in the past few years and been brought to the forefront. Even going back, it's talking about a lady, a lady called Lily Elby. She was born in 1882, died in 1931. She's um, perhaps one of the most famous trans women in the last few centuries. She's one of the first known recipients of gender confirmation surgery, um, and she was she was actually the one that was um, the the Danish girl was based on. Um, but there's a lot of trans people on here that all through history has worked towards that movement, and just one of the things for Pride Month that you could maybe look into learn a bit of the history and things. Um, I can post that if if anybody's interested in seeing that, I'll maybe share that through. I still don't get the the Kardashians like stepdad. Stepmother now, I forget. Oh, Tringy Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner is a Republican. It's yeah. going on about that sort of thing. Because I find it odd, like, if, because they, they don't dead name her when you go back and you look at the Olympics that she yeah. won on. And it's all these male names that just say Caitlyn Jenner. 
female and she won mm-hmm. it. And I, I thought that's awesome. That they mm-hmm. have that. Yeah, that is good. And they're never going to change it. Yeah, but it's like you say, Trump uses topics like that because he knows yeah. that a certain proportion of the electorate um, is going to be inflamed by that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what he does. But rather than getting involved in that discord, I would rather just encourage people to look into like trans people in history, do something positive to support Pride Month. Um, whether that's for trans people, like, any it could be for any into the LGBTQ plus um community, but um look at things like that rather than giving any men attention to Donald Trump, we've got rid of them, so we'll yeah. get to fuck. And there'll be no pride march in in Glasgow this year. I seen Bewitched on a bus and three members of five one year. Um I've got another wee story here. Do you know Georgina Chapman? I know the name Georgina Chapman. Georgina could... Chapman is the ex-wife of Harvey Weinstein. Oh, I, I remember yeah. that. Um, aye, so that's his ex-wife. She's launched a new bridal collection and has been quoted saying that love doesn't change anything. Um, love doesn't change, sorry, not love doesn't change anything. Love doesn't change. Um, her brand is called Marquesa uh, and the collection that she's making is for a brand called Pronovias and that's who actually made my wedding dress. Um, launched a bridal collection with Spanish house Pronovias She's the creative director of Marquesa, unveiled a 21-piece collection today via Zoom, saying it was an honour and a privilege to collaborate with Label and calling a wedding day the happiest moment and the most important and special day of a woman's life. Ugh. Um, um she... to be follow your heart. Um, yeah. It says here, it gave a bit of history of her and um, the sex offender Harvey Weinstein. Um, she's 44. She met him in 2003, began dating him while he was still married to his first wife, Eve Chilton. They get married in Connecticut in December 07 and had two children, then separated in 2017 following multiple allegations of sexual abuse against the sex offender and the divorce was finalised in 2018. He's currently serving a 23-year prison sentence in New York and she is thriving with a new collection for her brand. So well done, Georgina Chapman. Because I was watching him coming in and out of court and like going from like the big, powerful like kin kingpin looking character if you're a Marvel Comics fan to him being like all shrugged over and using like a walker going in like that was that was fast just watching him almost crumble like watching his power yeah. disappear like it's the pathetic. most powerful man in Hollywood to, mm-hmm. to that um, <clears throat> another thing I've got here is there was <clears throat> sorry excuse, <clears throat> excuse me the office for national statistics has released a report saying that sick day absences in the workplace has fallen to its lowest level on record during the pandemic. Um, it believes that coronavirus crisis has helped cut absence rates as people have been forced to work from home or shield. Um, the rate fell to 1.8% last year, and that's the lowest level since records began in 1995. Um, around 118 million working days were lost because of sickness or injury in 2020, equating to 3.6 days per worker. The, the COVID pandemic may have led to additional sickness absence, but measures such as furlough, social distance and shielding appear to have helped reduce other causes. Um, but I suppose like, when I was um, working full time from home, I would probably be less likely to get a sick day because, like, first of all, you kind of go out and get drunk and stuff, which is probably what a lot of people would have sick days for because they were hung over the next day. But if you're working from home, there was occasions where I was sick or maybe I was hurt or something like that. But because I didn't have to go out, I just had to like, sit on my couch on the computer I was able to do my job and stuff, and I know my husband as well. He's worked from home now for a year um, during this whole thing, and he's not at a single sick day. He's really good sick days anyway, but um, it's just like for somebody that does work, 
you're probably less likely to take a sick day during the pandemic because you're just at home. And I would feel if I phoned in sick during the pandemic, I'd be judged a lot more because it's like mm. you're in the house. Like, what could possibly be wrong with you that you can't do it sitting in your house? Because the thing is that usually your reason is you wake up and you're like, I can't be arsed, I've got to get ready, I've got to have a shower, then I've got to drive. But look, when you're working from home, you can get up like two minutes beforehand and do your whole shift in your jammies with a blanket still wrapped around you. So you're cutting all that out. Like You're cutting out the nervous tension, like, oh, I'll feel better when I get there. But you're already there. And like, we were talking about it, about college. Also, like, when it was really heavy snow, like that would have been a snow day. We would have been like, we can't get a train, we can't get out of the house, we can't go, but you can get to the living room to turn on your laptop. So there's no right. excuse for that. Exactly. Um, so, are you interested in meteor showers at all? Oh, I was looking forward to this. I did see them a couple of days ago, and I was hoping that someone came close here so I could touch it and try to get superpowers, but no luck. Um, there's a, an article in the Telegraph that I was reading um, that's given a full list of meteor showers to watch out for in 2021, um, and where's the best places to like watch those, what you'd expect it to be seen, and it's given a bit of history as well and given a bit of facts on things I didn't know. Um, the typical meteor results from result from a particle the size of a grain of sand vaporising in the Earth's atmosphere when it enters at 134,000 miles per hour. Um, something larger than a grape will produce a fireball, which is often accompanied by a persistent afterglow known as, known as a meteor train. This is a column of ionised gas slowly fading from view as it loses energy. So that's what it actually is. And it tells you the difference between a meteor, a meteoroid, or a meteorite. because into all that. But the dates of them, um, the quadranted was the first significant meteor shower this year. It was also one of the most unusual, as it's highly likely the quadranted meteor shower originated from an asteroid. Um, and that w- that happened actually already. It was in January 2nd until dawn on January 3rd. So that's happened. But I think I've seen another one is April. Yeah, um, the one called, the I think it's the Lyrid or maybe Lyrid, L-Y-R-I-D, meteor shower, occurs between the 16th of April and 25th of April every year. Um, it travels through the atmosphere at approximately 107,000 miles per hour and explodes about 55 miles above the Earth's atmosphere. They're nicknamed Lyrid fireballs. These cast shadows for a split second before leaving smoky debris trails that linger for minutes behind. Um, to see the shower is visible in most in, both the northern and southern hemisphere, so anybody across the world can see it. Um, offers stargazers a chance to see up to 18 meteors per hour during its peak, and this year its peak is expected to fall on the 21st and 22nd of April. So when we read it on the calendar, we'll remind you that closer to time, because that would be nice to see. That's a day after my birthday when we can see some me- yeah. meteorite. I didn't know there were a difference between meteors, meteorite. Yeah, I just thought are. it was like, it was just different ways to say it. I didn't know there were different things. The more you know, different every- kinds of meteors and stuff. There's another kind called, the, is it the ETA or the ETA? ETA, Aquarid Meteor Shower. Um, that will peak between May 5th and 6th of this year. That, that meteor shower actually originates from Halley's Comet. Is it Halley's or Halley's Comet? I always thought Haley's, that's how I would pronounce it. I'm sorry if I've mispronounced that, but that happens um, between May's, May 5th and 6th. Um, if 2021 didn't like last year, the radiant will reach an altitude of about 15 degrees above, above the east-south-eastern east, 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 horizon at 4 a.m. British Standard Time on May 5th and 6th, like kind of in the 6th, I suppose, at 4 a.m. So we'll need to really see that one. Then there's another uh, one, uh, the Perseid meter shower in... Between the 17th of July and the 24th of August. That's a fucking. Oh, it says that's going to happen on August 12th. That's my husband's birthday. We can go and see meteors for my husband's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time we've heard him. That's uh, his radio that was... debut. 
Look, I've got a husband that exists. That just said yeah. <laughs> um, I've got another thing about the moon, the full moon dates for this year. If you're interested in that one. Um, no? look, we did get the biggest one. Did we not get the biggest one already? We've got a blood moon coming up. Um, there's one, the next full moon known as the Worm Moon. The Worm Moon Ooh. is set to grace our skies on March 28th, reaching its official peak at 7.48pm. Um, a full moon occurs every 29.5 days when the moon is completely illuminated, illuminated by the sun's rays. It occurs when the Earth is directly aligned between the sun and the moon. Um, so on the 28th of March at 7.48pm in the UK, you'll be able to see a full moon. Um, again, this article I've got here explains all the different types of moons you can get and why they got their names and stuff like that. So we've got that one the 28th of March. And April is an exciting one. My cousin loves this. There's a pink moon. I sure will like that. Yeah, and it, that appears during the same month actually as the Lyrid, Lyrid, Lyrid meteor shower I was just talking about. The pink moon you'll see on April 27th. So if you've got something in your family that likes pink, you can get them out and see that. Um, on the 26th of May, there's a flower moon. And that means it's like the spring moon, I guess. So that's exciting. A strawberry moon on the 24th of June. Ooh. And then a what? thunder moon on the 24th of July. I want to see a thunder moon. What What would make the moon pink? That's what That's what I would be interested in. Well, but... I can tell you. It's actually not pink. Ooh. It's just named after pink wildflowers, which appear in North America in early spring. It's also known as the egg moon due to spring egg-laying season. Some coastal tribes refer to it as the fish moon because it appeared at the same time as the shad started swimming upstream. Um, so it's not pink moon, it's just called pink moon. Now, were you the person that you're talking about, could you try to explain to her that... Because when I heard pink, I thought I was going to get like, a big Barbie car, a big pink... Yeah. Like we that. could probably and... Photoshop it. You're getting good at Photoshop. If you want to see examples of Will's Photoshop, you can go on our Instagram page and you'll see a picture of myself and Will Photoshopped him with the First Minister. This this all started a few months, actually about a year ago now, where Ashley's seven-year-old cousin asks every day, what are you going to do today? Or where are you going? And I thought I would be funny, and I told her, I'm going to climb a mountain, and I'm going to fight a shark, and just thought that would be the end of it. Then she phoned me a couple of days later and asked me, have I climbed my mountain yet? Have I not been up on my two seven? Am I too fat to climb a mountain? So, as you would do when you've just been outsmarted and outflashed by a seven-year-old, as I went on Facebook, uh, as I went on Photoshop and Photoshopped myself on top of a mountain holding a flag and Photoshopped myself punching a shark in the face. Which I thought she did. Yeah. And I don't think she bought it. Because she, um, she asked me questions. If I can move after that. Okay. Um, can I tell you some monkey news? Oh, monkey news. Monkey news. <laughs> um, a startup founded by tech billionaire Elon Musk, so you know this is going to be weird, has implanted a microchip into a monkey's brain so that it can play video games with its mind. Why would you do that? Because it's Elon Musk and you just got a yeah. fuck ton of money and he's married to Grimes and it's just a weird household. Yeah, but that's just going to make a super villain. Like that, Can I tell you, you a quote from Elon Musk? Right, go ahead. He's an I interesting fellow. I swear to God, this is a real quote from Elon Musk. The company had, quote, a monkey with a wireless implant in their skull 
with tiny wires who can play video games with his mind. He added, you can't see where the implant is, is, and he's a happy monkey. We have the nicest monkey facilities in the world. We want them to play mind pong with each other. So it's pong. I was going to ask what video games would they be playing the monkeys, but it's it's just mind. It's it's primitive version, so obviously it's pong, but eventually they'll they'll be doing like monkey animal crossing, or maybe they'll do like monkey human crossing (laughs) since we done animal crossing. This this pads. Why would you do that? You're like, I'm rich as fuck and really smart. Let's put a monkey. Let's put video games in monkey's head. Does it not want to live in Mars? Is that not another thing? Yeah. Um, To speak of another um, person doing crazy technological things, um, there's a gentleman called Javier Sanchez. He was a former Amazon um, engineer for, I don't want to say the things I've got one next to me, but we talked about before, the small smart assistant disc that is sold by Amazon. Its name begins with an A. Um, he was an engineer designing those with Amazon and he bought a Siamese cat which is called Mochi um, and he's using the cat to develop a cat translation app called Meow Talk. Sanchez said they have a very unusual voice um, I've been told that the app was not working well with breeds that have high pitch or low pitch voices so I wanted to see for myself so he's using that to try and communicate with the cats and he was saying I, think, I was thinking it could have Samuel L. Jackson's voice so that's going on yeah would you like to know what Max was saying? Like, would you like, like a I doggy know what Max is saying. I know exactly what Max is saying. What is Max mostly saying? Max mostly says, like, he says out, or he says now, or he says treat, or he says yes. I know what he's saying. I understand my dog. So, was that the first time you've ever given chicken parmesan? That was... Yeah, it was. Because he usually steals my dinner when he comes in here. So, and I've gave him chicken parmesan. And I thought, I can't give him any cheese and that. It'll be too rich for him. Then he's, he, he waits for the cheese and the pasta sauce. Like, he likes a full meal. Um, there's a story here about Boris Johnson's girlfriend, Carrie. I don't know if her name's Simmons or Simons. But Carrie, I'll say Simmons. Carrie Simmons, Boris Johnson's girlfriend. She's apparently um, undertaking a redecoration programme in the Prime Minister's quarters in Downing Street. There's a brand called um, Soane, S-O-A-N-E, um, run by Lulu Little. Um, and that the whole aesthetic is what she's going for in Downing Street. What I can see is like wicker chairs and floral wallpaper uh, and a wicker table. It looks very much like the interior of the Golden Girls set. Um, oh, it's got like just that. Cur- uh, curtains with like fern print on it or like, a gallery wall of like nature sketches. And just like we chintzy chairs and stuff like that, but apparently this is the hot new thing, so you might see that coming. Um, in the adverts for it, the models are sitting in their dress like something like, like you know the way that women would dress like during the war. Like you imagine that they've got like, a floral dress. It's like sort of tied in their waist, like a, like a penny almost. And oh yeah, sitting, drink, for... drinking a, uh, drinking a lemonade with like wee brogues on, sitting on a wicker chair. It looks like something out of the early early forties. Um, but apparently that's it's going to be the the fashion that's coming in here just now. Um, oh, I mean, we were talking about the, the royal family thing, but uh, did you see that ITV has bought the Meghan and Harry Oprah doco? Um, uh-huh. That's going to be shown. Uh, they've paid a million pounds for it. Is it going to be shown live or are they going to make a big deal out of it? Are they um, going to show it? Like... 
Um, let me just get it here until I get the facts of it. Um, so ITV purchased um, Oprah with Meghan and Harry. It's going to air on Monday, March 8th at 9pm on ITV. That's the day after it is broadcast in the United States. So it'll be in the United States on the Sunday. We'll get it on the Monday at 9pm. So um, depending on what was on that, if there's any bombshells, we'll maybe have news on that on, on the day. We have a bonus podcast. If not, we'll just do a roundup on the Wednesday. I, I, I would imagine it'd be all over the place. You wouldn't need us to talk about it anyway, so... You'll probably see a lot of that around. I'm probably um, going to watch it anyway. To be... I've got another um, thing here, another sort of fashion thing that the royal family are getting people to buy. Um, the Duchess of Cambridge showing you how her £119 buy could be the un- unsung hero of your wardrobe. Um, she was seen last week on a video call with her husband and was wearing an olive green blazer from a brand called Smith or Smythe. S-M-Y-T-H-E um, and she's wearing some pearl earrings things but the thing that everybody was like super psyched on was the £119 white shirt bodysuit by the, the equestrian brand Holland Cooper um, and so it's a bodysuit that clips under your knickers, over your knickers or whatever I don't know what bodysuits I'm fat but um, £119 white shirt that she was wearing. £119 just for a white shirt, calm the fuck down, I'm not buying that is that not a leotard? Is that I, I but on the top? So like, if you look at it, it looks like she's just wearing like a white button up that's open a wee bit. Um, but it's actually like clipped under her knickers. I've I've never had a leotard my whole time. It's just something I've I've never had. But this is like she has a horsey person, is she not? Did she not seem like what my mum's favourite was was the the thingy? I think your mum's got a pair also Hunter Wellington boots. Yeah, that's right. The the Rolls Royce of Wellington boots. Yeah, yep. she they're rolled, very rolled... expensive. Them and Hunter jacket. What's it? The what's the thingy jacket called again? I can't remember the name. You. The, the... Canada Goose. Yes, them mm. and wax jackets and stuff. Look, yeah. every time you see them up in, you see the the Royals. Up in Aberdeen, that's what they always have on. Um, I've got a list here that is apparently supposed to help parents um, with children set to return to school. Um, on like there's got a list here of, of things you need. Your kids are already back at school, obviously I know that, but m- maybe some English people will be listening that they're doing next week. I don't know, but a list of things that kids might need for back to school: shoes, obviously, uniform, obviously, PE kit. They're just basically saying there's all this stuff still fit they need any more and they're telling you places you can go to get these things warm clothes but the main thing in it is interesting that i didn't think of is hairdressers because hairdressers <clears throat> will not open until april 12th at the earliest so it might mean that some kids are sitting with a bowl on their head while their mom cuts through it for their back to school cut my mom cut my hair <clears throat> um another interesting thing that i want to talk about returning to school they're telling you that you know obviously the kids can't use um, drinking fountains in school if that's in your kid's school but they won't be able to use those, so they're going to need um, bottled water to take in with them. Um, and the lunches, they can still take packed lunches, but my sister-in-law, um, her wee boy, he's not old enough for school yet, but I think he's in nursery, like some sort of wee nursery or kindergarten or something. Um, he's only four, he's four, isn't he? I four. <clears throat> um, I, so he's uh, our wee nephew, he, so his, he's going to his wee nursery. Um, and so um, my sister-in-law is an artist, and so what she does is like amazing. She's bought these wee brown disposable like uh, lunchbox things, um, and so she'll draw like one of his favourite cartoons, and it will change every day. And she'll do like themed boxes for him, and like sort of draw like, a wee like 
comic on it almost like she'll write his name fancy and draw like, his favorite cartoon characters and stuff on it so that means that he can still have his packed lunch in his school still meeting restrictions it's something creative to make him happy and stuff then he can just throw it away which i think sad because the art on it's amazing and stuff but it's a good thing to think of like i don't know where she gets them from but you can maybe look into that these disposable lunch boxes so that your kids can still have something nice from home and you're not so worried about them like like getting prepared food and everything and again i guess the same with bottled water like if your kid usually uses like one of the sort of reusable plastic ones maybe you need to get um those sort of ones they can throw away because it's saying here that they're encouraged to to do that they can't um bring their water bottles back and forth and needs to be thrown away so i guess not good for the environment but just it keeps them safe so um and the government's saying as well the government recommends the wearing of face masks in secondary schools while it's not compulsory many students will be encouraged to wear them so ensure your child has at least one mask preferably two or three to swap through the day when it becomes damp or uncomfortable so maybe look into getting some comfy masks that are suitable for wee tiny faces um, and it's recommended as well which I think is quite smart buying them some hand cream because um, they're going to have to sanitise their wee hands quite a lot and they'll go all dried out and stuff like that and for wee, wee people that's a, a wee sore thing so um, getting a wee good hand cream it's recommended some brands here which if you're interested I doubt you will be because it's £10 for a, a wee tiny tub of it here from a brand called Sonia Harrier I would imagine you could sell it like if you want a recommendation there's a very good hand cream that smells lovely and Aldi which I think is like a pound well, that's good stuff because Aldi, like Aldi are killing it with a copycat of, of expensive beauty brands are you really into the candles from there? Because like uh, uh, it's, it's like copies of like Joe Malone and White Company and stuff like that. These candles cost like over a hundred quid and stuff, and it's ridiculous. And the Aldi ones are nice; they're just as good. I'd imagine the most difficult thing just now for kids getting their way into back to school after like the lockdowns is the, the sleep routine. Oh yeah, like me and college is messed up. Like I know like the the young ones that I know that they're good, still going to be. Like, they message. As you know who I'm talking about, wants to play Roblox at 11, 12 at night, like when I'm trying yeah. to get to sleep. Yeah. Well, listen, I've actually got a whole bunch more stuff to talk about, but we're on an hour and a half now. Um, we're going to have to head off because I don't want to date too long and and put people off from listening to us, but maybe we'll do yeah. a wee bonus this week because it's quite a, a big yeah. news week this week. Right. So we're going to head off now. Okay. Anything else that you want to add to this one before we go? Is any... I just wanted to actually do a a carry up on something we did last time where you were talking right, about the porcelain boxes oh, right, I, I, I actually found them, I've, I've actually sent you it if you actually want the the croissant, the croissant porcelain box just in case it was a porcelain box which looks exactly like a fresh croissant and it opened in the same size you could possibly keep about 50 pence or 1 pence pieces or something in it or your pills, or maybe that is very convincing and looks very nice. And um, it was yeah. that, it was the reason we've seen it is it was in the Sunday Times Culture magazine as one of the hot new things that you can get. It's actually sold out now on the website. I, I'd imagine because of that article. Uh, but the, the company's called the Seti, so it's the S E T T E. Um, but there's a an, an email thing that you can be notified if you want to pay one hundred and ninety five pounds for a, a porcelain croissant box. And what we'll do is we'll share an image of it on Mouseyclyde <laughs> so you can really look at this ridiculous box. Um, is there anything else pressing that you wanted to update MD on? No, that was it. It was just a little bit of housekeeping and that was yeah. it. I'm, I'm good okay. to go. Right. Well, we're going to finish up now. We want to thank you so much for listening and ask if you could, um, if you wouldn't mind rating our podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen just now, rating it five stars. Leave a wee comment if you want or get in touch with us on social media with any contributions or thoughts that you have. 
um, and we want to thank our friends and sponsor at the Inverclyde Boiler Company um, for keeping us going and our, our newspaper needs and nice treats and things for the podcast. Um, we might do a Friday, what do you think? I think a Friday's a good day. Yeah, uh, what, we do what, a, what a wee Friday. But and sometimes when we do a Friday or a Saturday, we'll do some news on it for you and give you a wee update of the situation. But we like to just have a general chat about rubbish. So um, yeah. we'll let you know on Friday on on our Instagram of what topics we'll be covering. If you follow us on there, you've got all the up-to-date stuff. We'll keep you involved and updated on things. And we always put wee polls and wee things. Um, don't forget, we've got our competition on there as well that's getting picked this Friday for the Domino's Pizza. And we're going to be doing more giveaways and stuff on there. So um, please come on and say hi and interact with us. If you're a, a small business or a local business here in Inverclyde or anywhere even Glasgow or Dumbarton, anywhere on the Clyde, um, get in touch with us. We'd love to put your business on there and bring you some spotlight. We don't charge for it or any stuff like that, unless you want to sponsor us like Inverclyde Boiler Company do, but um, we, we love to share small businesses and stuff, so we'd be happy to share your business and, and be friends. Um, but we're going to go now, and we want to thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Friday with some more chat for you, and we hope you have a good rest of your week. We hope you do, and remember to watch WandaVision on Friday, because that's the last episode. I'll see you later. (laughs) Thank you so much. Take care, everybody. See you Friday. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Sweet dreams, everyone.